Hey everyone, welcome back to the Reclamation Podcast, where our goal is to help you reclaim good practices for faith and life. My name is Tony, and I get to bring you episode 72 today with Carly Green. Carly is an author, speaker, and a survivor. She has overcome some impossible odds to see faith in the messiness of life. In her new memoir, Two Hearts, One Hope, she talks about why and how um, to overcome painful circumstances and see God in the midst of the mess. It was a great conversation from a a Texas girl who just pours her heart out there right on the line. I know you're going to love it. I know you're going to love the perspective she brings. If you've ever been the underdog or ever felt like you're up against it, Carly's story is a story for you. As always, uh, none of this would be possible without you. So thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you so much for all the love and support. One of the ways that you can support the podcast is by leaving a rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts at. It would mean a great deal to us, especially on iTunes. That's where the majority of the people listen to podcasts. So a rating and review there goes a long way in helping people find the podcast. So in order to continue to grow and do what we love to do and bring you incredible episodes like the one I'm sharing with Carly, those reviews really do make a difference. Another way to support the podcast is to shop at christianbooks.com. In the show notes today, you'll find uh, an affiliate link so that you can go there. When you support the podcast through shopping at christianbooks.com, which is the largest online retailer for Bibles and for um, books, it, it really does go a long way. So without any further ado, here's my conversation with Carly Green. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited today to be here with a new friend, uh, Carly Green. Carly is an uh, author and a speaker, and she's going to share her story with us today. Carly, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you, Tony. I'm so glad to be here. Now, we were just talking before I press record. Um, tell all my guests where you are. I am in Amarillo, Texas. Amarilla. Now you guys are really experiencing um, kind of a, a surge in the COVID stuff down there. Yeah. How so? How does that feel? You know, it's kind of scary. You know, you don't want to. You know, you get tired of staying indoors all the time. But then you you're like, oh my goodness, do I go out? You know, do I wear a mask? Do I risk it? So it can be a little scary. You got to be careful. Well, I think that that's scary is probably a really good word. And it feels like um, that's something that you've had to deal with before. And and that's kind of what we're here today to share a little bit of your story and what God has done through your story. Um, As you know, one of the things that we talk about a lot here on the podcast is how to reclaim good practices for faith and life. And so I guess maybe a good place to start is... um, would you mind sharing a little bit of your story and, and kind of how you dealt with the scary moments? Sure. Um, so I'm 36 and my story really begins at two days old. Oh, me, wow. Yeah. Me and my identical twin sister, Kylie, hmm. were adopted at two days old. So um, we were both born with congenital heart disease. So we've been through a lot. Um I was born missing a fourth of my heart. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, most people have a four-chambered heart. I have a three. So <laughs> now, does, that, does that affect your life still today? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I've had four open heart surgeries. and I Holy have moly. Yeah. Oh, at 36. Pacemaker 36. Yes, sir. I got it when I was 25 years old. So is um, So you're two days old. How do your parents deal with that? 
You know, so my mom and dad, they adopted us at two days old and my mom couldn't have children and her, her, you know, the most thing she wanted in the world was to be a mother. Um, so they adopted me and Kylie and, you know, they were, they thought they were getting one little boy. And when they got to the hospital, they had twin girls. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise. Look, look, how many people can say that they were, they were surprised with a second child through adoption? (laughs) Could you imagine? No. Uh, So, yeah, they were, they adopted us and, you know, they didn't care that we were sick and, you know, we're going to need a lot of medical care. It didn't matter to them at all. My mom had at age 18, she had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. So she had gone through cancer and she had had an open heart surgery. So God really did give us to the perfect parent. Yeah. He knew what he was doing. He gave us to someone, you know, who was compassionate, you know, who loved the Lord and knew what we would need to survive. So. So then um, what's it like to grow up in this environment? Kind of, you know, bring bring me forward in this in the storyline a little bit. So we were, let's see, I've had three open heart surgeries by the age of seven. So I had my childhood, you know, I didn't get to take P.E., You know, I didn't get to run with the other kids, but I had Kylie, you know, she stayed behind with me. She took care of me because she she did have a hole in her heart, but, you know, it healed very quickly. She ran and played sports and everything. And when we turned 11, um, our mom was 35 and we went to school one day with a mom and came home without one. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Her cancer had came back. And we didn't know this till we were adults. And God called her home when we were uh, 11 years old. She was 35. Did they, um, was it one of those things where they came and pulled you out of school that day or? Yes. So me and Kylie get called to the office and our neighbor picked us up. And uh, she was like, you know, girls, we're going to go see your mom. She's in the hospital in Lubbock, which is about an hour away from where we lived at the time. And we walked into her room and she was asleep. She couldn't talk. And as soon as we walked out, she died. Oh, wow. She had held on, you know, for us to say goodbye. Now, as an 11-year-old girl, what does that do? You know, that that feels devastating as a 39-year-old man, let alone an 11-year-old girl. How do you deal with that? You know, Honestly, Tony, the only reason I got through it was because of God and Kylie. You know, our dad worked two jobs to support us. So when we were home, Kylie was taking care of me. You know, she made the meal. She, you know, because I, I just couldn't do it. I was physically sick. You oh, know, wow. so she did everything for me. And had it not been for my faith, we had given our lives to Christ a year before. So mom got to see us, you know, be baptized and all that. We grew up Southern Baptist. Um, so it was, had it not been for that in Kylie, I don't think we would have made it. I would have made it. Were there things in your life as you're experiencing all of this that you could, where you could kind of see God in the nudges? Um, t- tell me about some of those. H- how did you, how did you remain faithful? Cause I know a lot of people, they want to give up. Well, it's just so easy to give up hope when, when there's so much loss and, you know, yeah. honestly, death. Oh, yeah. So when we turned, I guess Kylie was 24, she went in and had her first heart surgery. 
and my oh, wow. world was rocked, you know, because I had always been the one, you know, in the hospital and, you know, what's going on here? You know, she she had gotten an infection in her aortic valve. So she had to go get a fake one put in. And, you know, I walked into that hospital room and her chest is wide open. She was so swollen, they couldn't shut her. Oh, so no. For me, yeah, for me to see something like that, you know, I'm used to the one being in the hospital, being sick, going through all that. And uh, by the grace of God, she pulled through. Um, and we were 24 then. When we, I, were we 24, 22, I think? 24, somewhere around there. A lot's happened, Tony. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> when, we, when we turned 25, um, I got rushed to Houston at Texas Children's, and they pulled a blood clot the size of a grapefruit out of my heart. Okay. I, had, I had my fourth open heart surgery, and they put a pacemaker in, and I woke up four days later. Yeah. So, you know, had <laughs> when you're faced with that, they told me I had 48 hours to live. Oh, so, wow. when, yeah, when you're faced with that, it's like, God, you know, where are you at? What do I do? You know? Yeah. What did you do? I, <laughs> I was with my dad. He had taken me and I picked up the phone and I texted Kylie three words. I said, get here now. Hmm. And she, she took the red eye and stayed in bed with me that whole day. And now where was she coming from? Amarillo. Okay. And that's about a 10 hour drive. Oh yeah. I bet. Yeah. That's Texas. Not a small state. Oh no. It's so big. (laughs) (laughs) So she, you know, she was there when I had it, when I woke up, I had a whole new wardrobe. She had gone shopping those four days I had been asleep. Oh wow. Yeah. She, I came home, she had bleached my house up and down, you know, to make sure I was safe and, you know, she didn't leave my side. So, you know, you look back and think, wow, how did I, how did I make that? And that wasn't the hardest thing I've ever been through. So. <laughs> All right. I'll bite. How, I mean, how, how does the story progress from there? How does it, how does it get harder um, as you continue to, to go down this journey? Well, when we turn 30, I get a text from my cousin saying, you and Kylie have a brother and he's been looking for y'all for a year. Oh my. And I about fainted. Uh, well, I would imagine. So <laughs> I, I didn't even know what to do. I told Kylie, you know, do you want to meet him? You know, what now, are you guys living? Are you guys living in the same town at this point in, in Amarillo? We are. Yeah. Okay. Um, we were 30. Are, are you married kids? Anything like that yet? Or she has a little boy named Keegan. Oh, uh. And, you know, she had her fake valve. She had gotten a pig valve. So you get a you get a choice. You can either get a pig valve or a mechanical valve. Mm. If you get a mechanical one, you cannot have children. Mm. And, you know, she wanted to be a mama. Yeah. So she had Keegan in 2008. Mm-hmm. So uh, we had him and she tried for seven years to have a little girl. IVF, you know, everything. And in 2015, she had Kinsey. Oh, praise God. I know. It was a miracle. Um, But when we were 30, um, you know, I told Kylie about Matthew. You know, do you want to meet him? What should we do? I had gone through a really bad divorce. And I talk about it in the book. Um, It was really bad. You know, I leaned on God. I prayed and prayed. You know, I'm 4'11". He was 6'2". And he hit me twice one night. 
Mm. So I've been, you know, and I'm, you never think that's going to happen to you. Sure. You know, you don't, you don't marry someone for violence or, or whatnot. Um, but I, God gave me the strength one morning to leave and I never looked back. So, well, let me ask you this. Cause I, I think a lot of the things that you're saying, um, are going to feel like they may not uh, apply to a lot of our listeners, but I think a lot of people, if they think about it for a minute, can think about moments that feel insurmountable. Okay. And, and, and it seems like in a, in a very short period of time in your life, you had some insurmountable moments. How, how would you tell someone, a, a young lady or a young man who maybe walks into your life now and says, hey, my life feels insurmountable. It feels like there's nothing good happening. What would you tell them? Uh, how, how do you overcome that? How do you lean on your faith in those kind of moments? You know, when I think about that, how to make it through you know, I think about Jeremiah 29, 11. Mm. God works everything out for the good. And I have leaned on that because there's so much bad, you know, that's going to happen in life. God didn't say life's going to be easy. He never said that. No, you know? sunshine and lollipops is not in the Bible exactly. anywhere that I've read it. Exactly. But he does say he will not leave you. Yeah. So I really leaned on that, you know, fast forward. You know, I mean, I don't want to give everything away, but Kylie died a year ago. Oh, so, you know, what, what do I do? You know, she went in for her second heart surgery. I've had four. Why did he why didn't he take me and not her? You know, she left behind two children. You know, I don't have any. I have dogs. <laughs> you know, so nobody expected what happened to mm. happen. You know, um, her valve. They only last 10 years. Hers was 15 years old. And she had gone to the doctor here in Amarillo last April. And he told her she she looked great. Her her heart looked great. Well, July 11th, she got rushed to Lubbock and they rushed her into heart surgery. And the doctors came out and said, whoever told you that lied to you. Her heart valve had been leaking between two and three years and there was nothing left. So she was in the hospital for 17 days. And I thank God he gave me that time with her because she woke up. She couldn't speak or anything, but she did wake up and she knew her whole family was there. You know, she knew how much she was loved. We all prayed with her. And July 28th, God called her home. So I just, Tony, had I not had God and he spoke to me twice after she passed away. And had he not done that, had I not had my faith, I would not have made it. I know I would not have made it. Yeah, she was your everything. Everything. She took care of me for 35 years because I was so sick. I didn't get to, you know, run and play as a normal child. When mom died, she was my mom. She was it, mm. you know. And when we became adults, you know, she went and got a finance degree. She helped me out in life. When I got a divorce, you know, she, she moved me back here to Amarillo, got me a little apartment, not far from her. She took care of me. And then my world was rocked when God took her home. Yeah. I, I mean, lots of questions. Uh, you're almost a year removed from this. I can't believe it. Yeah. T tell me about, tell me about that year. Uh, 
since? You know, it's on. I don't know how I've made it, Tony. When we were in the hospital, you know, when our brother found us six years ago, we always wanted to tell our story. You know, mm-hmm. she had gone through a lot with my, you know, my dad remarried. She was very mean to Kylie. You know, Kylie had gone through so much and she always wanted to tell her story. Well, when she was in the hospital, I promised her I would do it for her. Oh, wow. And, and in this book, I think I've done that. You know, I, I didn't know how I was going to do it. I am from a small town in Texas. I don't know anything about the publishing world. <laughs> Which is a different world. It's, yeah. I mean, it is a way different world. I know how to, you know, write my story and, you know, encourage and inspire others. That's what I hope to do with this. But, you know, there was a lot of nights I laid in bed just, you know, when you do the ugly cry and the silent cry where no, you don't want anybody to hear you. I live like that. You know, I, one morning I was heading to work and I couldn't get out of the car. I just mm. hit the road to Silverton where we grew up about an hour away. And I sat in the dirt with her for about four hours. Oh, wow. I just, I don't know how I've made it. My faith, that's it. So your brother, Matthew, yeah. where does he kind of fit into this story and what does that look like? And, you know, how how does all that play into this? So. We were 30. I got the text and um, Kylie was nervous at first to meet him. So I told my cousin, I said, well, I'll go meet him. Let's all have dinner together. I won't be by myself. My cousin will be with me. And I walk in this restaurant thinking, okay, where's someone that looks like me? You know, (laughs) (laughs) me and Kylie were identical twins, but she's 5'11". I'm 4'11". Oh, wow. Yeah. But I'm a minute older, so I'm the boss. (laughs) (laughs) I walk in and I see my cousin at the table with Matthew. Matthew stands up. We have the same biological mother and we have different dads and his is African-American. Okay. So Matthew is half African-American and you would never know we were related until he smiled. We have the exact same smile. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So, you know, when my biological mom had me and Kylie, she was 16 years old and she was on drugs and alcohol. That's what caused our heart problems. Oh. And she didn't raise Matthew either. You know, she, uh, when he was about three or four, uh, his grandparents took him because mm. it was just a really, really bad situation. So we, when we met, we swapped stories. You know, he had no idea that we had heart problems. He knew he had twin sisters, but he didn't know what we were born with. And that was six years ago. And he lives an hour away from me and we're as close as ever. Now, was he, um, was he able to be there when, when Kylie passed as well? And did him and Kylie eventually meet? And did that, did that, I mean, what do family reunions look like? That's really what I'm getting at here. (laughs) I mean, it gets better. (laughs) You know, I, I got to introduce Kylie to Matthew, like a few weeks later. I mean, how many people can say that? I introduced my sister to my brother. (laughs) (laughs) That happened. And, you know, she loved him as just as much as I did. And I I thank God for those five years he got with Kylie. You know, he got to know her. He got to love her. And the sad thing is on my mama's side, my family, where my cousin told me, they all knew about Matthew and no no one ever told us. Well, what do you think that's about? I mean, why keep it a secret? That's that's a great question. And, 
you know, I understand maybe not telling us as a child, but we were 30 years old, you know, and no one told us about our biological mom, Kylie founder Mm. two years ago. She pulls up to my house and goes, Carly, I found Sabrina and we're going. And I'm I'm freaking out. Like, (laughs) you know, because Kylie had a lot of anger toward her. She had watched her sister go through four heart surgeries because of her. You know, so I'm thinking, okay, we're going to pull up here and she's going to beat her or something. You know, so I asked Kylie, what are you going to say to her? Like, what's happening? And she she goes, I'm just going to speak from the heart. Like, and I'm panicking. Like, oh, my gosh. We pull up to the house and Sabrina opens the door. And it's like mm. looking in a mirror. Oh, I, mean, I couldn't believe it. And I'm thinking, you know, is Callie going to punch her? What's going to happen? <laughs> they were quiet as a mouse. I mean, you could hear a pin drop. And all I could do was stick out my hand. And I said, hi, Sabrina. My name is Carly. And we're the twins you gave away in 1984. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what did she say? She started bawling. And she of course she did. Oh, yeah. She grabbed us and, you know, she was very kind. You know, she was, you know, we had a lot of questions. This was just like a 20 minute visit, but she answered everything that we had asked. I don't know if it was the truth, but she she did. But she was very kind. You know, she she wanted us to come back and visit. And and we did for a while. Um, But I haven't seen her since Kylie died. And that's another story. I bet. I bet there's a lot of stories there. Um, so, so it's interesting, right? Like uh, Kylie took care of you she and did. now, uh, and now you play, and I would imagine a very important role in the lives of her daughters. Um, what, what's that like now? Yeah. So we have Keegan. He just turned 12. Daughter and son, excuse me. I'm sorry. Oh, I and uh, Kenzie turned four last November. So, I try to see them and they just live a mile away from me. So uh, I get them and see them as often as I can. Um, Derek, Kylie's husband, um, takes them to her grave. You know, they talk about her. He put them in counseling as soon as this happened, which is something me and Kylie didn't get as a child. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. Yeah. And he called me and right after she had passed and, you know, he was very clear. He said, Carly, what do I do to make them okay? You know, because we grew up with a lot of sadness and anger. We didn't get counseling. We didn't get, you know, in my book, I talk about our dad giving all of our mom's stuff away. We don't have anything of hers. Mm. And I told Derek, I said, don't give one thing away of Kylie's until you ask those children. Nothing. And he hasn't. He's been fantastic. Do you think... um do you see that your your mom's death kind of positioning you to deal with what you're dealing with now? I mean, it, it feels like prolonged grief has been kind of a theme in your life. And, you know, we kind of define grief as anything that has to do with change. And so it's, it feels like constant change. How, how do you, um, I mean, do you feel like you've survived it or how, how does that feel now? Yeah. And I'm glad you said that because, It really was to me like history repeated itself. And I'll tell you why. When mom died, she was 35 and me and Kylie were 11. When Kylie died, she was 35 and Keegan was 11. Wow. So you can't get more 
of a history repeating itself than that. So when I turned 36 this March, it made me the oldest woman to live in my family. So how do you cope with that? You know, like, why why did he leave me, the sickest of, of us all? You know, why me? You know, so I've really... I've opened my Bible, Tony, and I have read. And it's that's something I used to not do like I should. You know, mm-hmm. anyone can read the Bible, but are you learning it? You know, and it, it just spoke to me and God spoke to me. You know, I was laying in bed one night, just hysterical, like asking God, how could you do this to me? And he spoke to me and he goes, I did not do this to you. I did this for her. And I've been fine ever since. So t- tell me about that. Cause I, I'm a big, uh, I love to dive into the, you know, how do we hear God conversation? Right. So is this, I've always pictured the voice of God as Morgan Freeman. I've never heard the, <laughs> I, I, I've never heard the audible voice of God. I believe in the audible voice of God. Right. And I, you know, I'm absolutely one of those people that believe that God still speaks, but let me ask you, what is it? What does it sound like for God to speak? Oh, and, and I'm being a hundred percent honest. I had never heard God speak until Kylie passed away. And when I started really talking to him, Tony, I asked him that. And that's what he told me. The second time he spoke to me, I was at work bawling, trying to hold it in. And, you know, you read the Bible, all these verses about laying your hands on a sick person and mm. he heal them. And I asked God, I said, why didn't you, why didn't you heal her? We had, you know, dozens of people up there. Why didn't you heal her? And in the most stern, calmest voice, he said two words to me. He goes, I did. Mm. And I'm his voice. I don't even know how to describe it, Tony. It was so stern, but so calm. And I'm not kidding you. Had that not happened twice, those two times, I don't know if I'd have made it. I really don't. And I've never heard God speak to me like that. Never until this all happened last July. Okay. So like, what do you do with that? Like, I think there's a lot of Christians who feel a nudge or a calling, or maybe they've even heard God's voice, but then, but then what, what, uh, what do you do the next Monday? Well, if you're me, you write a book, you write it down. (laughs) 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 Um, So anything like that's happened or I see Kylie, I've wrote it down because I want to remember it, you know? And I really, when he spoke to me, I really took it to heart. Like, okay, he's saying she's fine. So she is. We know where she's at. She gave her life to the Lord when we were 10 years old. And that gave me such a peace that I could move forward. So now it's like, okay, now what do I do? You know, this has all happened. I have to tell the world how God has saved me, what he's done, Kylie's life and how he saved her because we have a second brother and that's another story. And he, and God saved Kylie from him. Oh, wow. So, so many different layers. Um, t- tell me about the book writing process for you. Uh, I mean, I would assume it'd have to be a little bit therapeutic. It would have to be a lot emotional. What was it like to birth um, this writing and, and kind of that process? Yeah, it, it was very therapeutic and cathartic, you know, but but it's hard. You know, you have to think back and really pour your heart and soul out 
to these pages for people to really feel what you went through. And I tried to do that. Everything, every emotion, you know, I want the reader to really be there. And the feedback that I've gotten, you know, they they feel like they are, you know, through the good times and the bad. And it's a lot of sadness. It is. It's hard. Um, but it was it was so helpful. And I just wanted to tell Kylie's story because I promised her I would. Hmm. And, I, and I think I've done that. And I had a great, great team uh, from Atlanta that really helped me and walked me through the whole process. Do you... Um, I- I guess what I'm trying to ask is a year from now, when we're celebrating this book, what exactly are we celebrating about it? Uh, like what's your, what, what's a, um, a, the goal around this writing and, and what does it look like? Yeah. So I, I never did this for profit, if you will. Sure. Yeah. I of course. Did this. Yeah. Anybody who's ever written a book knows that you don't do it for the money because oh, no. there is there is no money in writing books unless you're selling millions. Right? And I'm not Oprah. So <laughs> <laughs> um so a year from now, I really hope that you know it's about our story, but there's a lot of faith-driven words and you know help in this book. So I really want people to be inspired to go after their dreams because you never know how much time you have left. She was 35. You know, that's young. And I want them, the readers, just to know, you know, whatever path or dream that you feel like God is leading you toward, you can do it. If you have faith, and I tell the readers this in the book, faith will not prevent your tragedy, but it will get you through it. Hmm. That's such a good word. I think it's an important word. Um where can people go? I know that my listeners are going to want to follow you on the interwebs. They're going to want to pick up a copy of the book. Uh, where can they go to do all those things? So they can go to carlygreen.com. I'm on Facebook and Instagram at carlygreen27. And the book is on Amazon and in Barnes and Noble. Uh, they can go online and, and get it there. And it's on Kindle. Um, but Wait, yeah. Why, why, so why is there a 27 at the end of your Instagram handle? I always like to know. Well, someone took Carly Green, so I don't know who has that. But, <laughs> but you're going to need it back. No, uh, 27. Our birth, mine and Kylie's birthday is March 27th. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Okay, the last question I always love to ask people um, is an advice question, right? So I always like to see what kind of advice people would give themselves. So if you could go back in time, and I'm going to take you to the time um, shortly after your mother's passing. If you could go back then and talk to your a younger version of yourself, what advice would you give yourself? Honestly, pray more, lean into God, lean into faith, because I went so long without doing that. Hmm. And had I done that, I think, you know, maybe I would have processed things a little more differently. I know Kylie would have been in a better place. Um, but when she died, that stopped. We moved. So I would tell her you know, trust God, everything is going to work out fine. If you trust him and believe him. I love that. I love that. Carly, thank you so much for taking the time to share a little bit of your story. And we are praying for you and for this book and that God will use it to do some amazing things uh, in and through this community. So 
Um, now, it, it when does it uh, officially release on sale? It, it went on sale just this month, right? This Tuesday. This Tuesday. Yeah. This Tuesday. So uh, we'll be rooting for you, and I can't wait to see it, how it does, and all that God does through it. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. What an incredible conversation with Carly. I love her heart. Love the way that she just sees the world and, uh, and honestly continues to press on. She's so positive for a face so much trauma. And I follow her on Instagram and continue to love to see what God is doing in her and through her. And so uh, do me a favor, give her a follow on Instagram. Let her know how much you appreciated her being on the Reclamation Podcast. Share the episode wherever you can. Leave a rating or review. And as always, shop with our partner, christianbooks.com. I appreciate you guys. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to connecting with you real soon.